Hey, good morning everyone. It's great to see you on here. You know, I'm going to be starting a new series called What Do You See? And uh, this series is all about getting you to think and wonder and dream and, you know, and just, you know, think about actually what you see and what you want to see. Really, it's about vision. And, uh, you know, there are times in the Bible where God gets us to see things differently or see things how he sees. And I want to share from a, a scripture this morning. There's a prophet who was feeling a little probably down because, you know, he'd lost something. He'd lost someone who he'd, uh, was dear to him and um, influential in Israel. And he's probably a little bit disillusioned. You know, we all go through some things where we're you know, we lose people or we lose, maybe it's just moving on in life and we move maybe from primary school into our high school and it's, you know, it's a little bit wondering what's happening, how how is this going to happen and we can be a bit unsure. But I want to read what um, happens with uh, Isaiah. It says this, chapter 6, verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. You know, Isaiah had, 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 had loved Uzziah the king. 52 years he'd reigned and he'd done wonderful things. You can read in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, there's a whole list of his achievements. And it says he was so influential that his name went out and people in Egypt even knew about him. You know, he'd, he'd defeated various enemies and he'd seen victory and prosperity. They built up Jerusalem. And really it came down to him, it says that he... He uh, sought the Lord and he did what was right in God's sight and he saw amazing favour. Yet at the end of his life, he messes up. He makes a mistake. And he ends up going to make a sacrifice in the temple, which he wasn't allowed to do. It was only the priest that should go into the temple. But Uzziah just maybe a bit puffed up, thought he could do it in his own strength. And, you know, he goes in there and does the sacrifice. And it says the consequences of that, he ends up getting leprosy. And he ends up getting separated and put in a house and he's isolated. And uh, and by the way, I'm not saying that anyone who's isolated now is because of your sin. You know, it, 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 it's nothing to do with that. But here's the deal, right? He is isolated, he's separated. And um, Isaiah is so disappointed. And then he dies. And he's like, Isaiah's probably thinking, what was that about? Why did he, Why did that have to happen? And what does this mean now in my life and Israel's life and so forth? He's feeling a bit down. But then God speaks to him and shows him and just shows him something new. And the first question I've got for you to think about this morning is this. Do you see the bigger picture? Or, you know, even Isaiah who knew things and believed things, he, he got lost in his everyday Day to day, and we all do that, we can get focused on the nitty gritty, the pain, the disappointment, you know, the relationship hurt or whatever. We can get lost in that. We all do that. Yet God comes to him in such a wonderful way to help him see the bigger picture. You know, I, as you can see, I wear spectacles and uh, without them, I wouldn't be able to see you. I think I can just make a blur out as I look at you. Give me a wave. Yeah, I can see something moving. I'm not sure what it is. And are the kids listening? Can you wave? Yeah, I can see a blue, but I don't know who you are. Yeah, when I put these on, I can see you. Hey, wave, thank you. Nice to see you. I can see you. But you know, it's not simply because I'm short-sighted. So I can see here, I've got perfect vision close at hand, but without these, 
I don't have long sight. I'm only short-sighted. And I think that's really an illustration of us as human beings. We don't always know the bigger picture. We know so much, but we don't always understand the bigger picture. But actually, I believe a couple of things I can give you that can help you see the bigger picture. And my first one is this. When we come to know God and when we come to read about God, God helps us to understand his plans and his purposes and we can understand then some of the patterns in, in, in our lives and what we're going through and why we go through it. Because God has taken us through things and he's teaching us things. And there's a bigger picture in this. And that is about his love and his love for other people. So we begin to understand something that we maybe didn't understand before without the lens or without the truth, or without God's word in our lives. You know, and ultimately, for us to see the bigger picture, we're to look at Jesus. And I'm going to look at that in a moment. Jesus is how God speaks to us today. Through Jesus is now how we know the love of God. You know, also, so the first thing is, you know, look at the Bible, look at the truth, look at the bigger picture. The second thing is this. Talk to someone who's been through life, you know, who has a testimony. And, um, you know, we, we've all been through things and we get through and we understand there's a bigger picture. But for some people, when they're in it, they forget they're short-sighted. That's why it's important you talk to someone, right, who doesn't moan and complain about it, and you know, but actually has been through it and is victorious and can help you and to, to show you that actually this is part of the process. You can get through this, you can come through the other side and be victorious, that God is with us. You know, the biggest question we tend to ask when things are going wrong is this, where is God? We all do it. God, I wasn't expecting it to go that way. I'm sure Isaiah asked it, God, where are you? And God turned up to him and showed him who he was. You know, um, Hebrews 12 verse 2 says this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Paul is trying to encourage some Jewish Christians who are actually, they become short-sighted because life isn't going the way they thought. They're going through persecution and different things. And Paul's reminding them there's a bigger picture in this. Yes, you're going through this. Yes, it might not be working out how you thought, but God is still in control. And this is what I want you to do. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look what he went through. Paul understood he went through some things, but Paul understood that God was good and God used it all for good. So I encourage you, get around somebody who's going to do you good, who's going to encourage you. Get along to a small group, engage with people who are going to speak life into you. So my first question is, do you see the bigger picture? If not, talk to someone or read your Bible and ask God to show you the bigger picture, that you are loved and that you're here to love people. You know, second question I have. So the first question is, do you see the bigger picture? The second question is this. It seems a bit random, but it'll make sense in a minute, okay? It's this. Which mountain do you see? You know, I like climbing mountains. Um, I, I've climbed a few. I wouldn't say the big mountains. If you told me I was going to climb Mount Everest, I'd probably have different feelings about that. But I like a nice, not too steep, you know, leisurely mountain to walk up. For some of you, maybe like, oh, no, not a mountain. I just, you know, I'm a cup of tea kind of person by the side of a, a pool or, you know, lying on something like, uh, you know, a lilo in the pool. That's your kind of ideal 
um, leisurely activity. But for you know, I want I want to speak to you today about two mountains that Paul speaks to those Christians who I've just been talking about, and it's from Hebrews twelve verse two, and he gives two mountains to illustrate what they can focus on. And the first one is in Mount Sinai, and then the other one is Mount Zion. And Mount Sinai was in a desert, Mount uh, Zion was in Jerusalem in the city. I'll read it to you, it says this. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom and storms. To a trumpet blast or such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. Because they could not bear what was commanded. Even if an animal touches this mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Right. It's almost like this is the Mount Everest to me. I'm the, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be able to make it. And, you know, then there's this other mountain that Paul says. It's this one. But you fine. though this is people who put their faith in Jesus. And this is God's promise. But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem, you have come to thousands upon thousands in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven, you have come to God. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. That's a question for you this morning. The judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to the Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. I just want to look at these two mountains and and compare them and ask you, which mountain do you see? Do you see Mount Sinai or do you see Mount Zion? I've called them the mountain of fear. I was going to call it the mountain of doom, the mountain of fear or the mountain of joy. Okay, so here are some comparisons. First of all, mountain of fear was about the old covenant. It was about the law. The new, uh, the, the Mount Zion is about the new covenant. It's about the grace of God and it's about his love and forgiveness. The old one was about dealing with the guilt and people always felt fearful because they weren't good enough. You know, the only one who could go up the mountain here was Moses and he was he was scared. In the New Testament, it says that there was thousands upon thousands of angels in a joyful, in other words, there was a joyful assembly in this presence. It was like there was, it was innumerable, you know, there's many, many people in this one. Well, in the other one, it was like they weren't allowed to go up there. It was like, I'm not good enough and I must stay down here. And because of my sin, I'm excluded from this and I'm not good enough. And I'm kept out of it. I'm not in. Where in the new one, it's like, you're invited. You're invited to come. You can come. And Jesus is the mediator this time to make that possible. I think the great thing about Mount Zion is about heaven coming down to earth and meeting everyday people. It's a general assembly of anybody who wants to come. Where the old one, they were exempt from it. So to sum this up, oh, and the other thing is this, the people were made in on Mount Zion, the people are made perfect, they're made righteous through Jesus' sacrifice. You see, it mentions in there the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel, Abel was a martyr really for doing what was right. And his blood was um, poured out through his brother murdering him. 
on G with Jesus, Jesus' blood was paid out. He became a martyr. He became a, a sacrifice for me and you. His blood was poured out and it was poured out any over anyone to make us righteous with God. And it's greater than what Abel did. So to sum these up, right, is this. this. This is how it makes me feel. If I'm focused on Mount Sinai, the mountain of fear, I feel like I'm not good enough and I need to earn, okay, and if I, it's all about me earning and deserving the love of God. It's based on my guilt or my fear that I'm inadequate and not good enough. I can focus on that mountain sometimes. And it's usually what's known as my weakness or my flesh that focuses on that. But when I put my faith in God, God brings my spirit alive and my spirit now can lead me into the new way. And I'm to focus on this mountain. Okay, some days I get it right, some days I get it wrong. And this mountain is simply about this. Believing, believe it, and receive it. It's different. The old one, earn, is about deserving. I, I, I need to earn it and to deserve it. This one, believe what Jesus did and receive what Jesus has done for you. So, which mountain do you look at? Do you look at Mount Sinai? Are you scared are you, to, to, to know, you know God? Are you not sure if he's going to love you and accept you? Or do you recognise what Jesus did and dealt with God's anger towards us and now he accepts us because Jesus dealt with God's anger? You know, God hates sin. That's why he was angry wanting to discipline people because the sin damaged people. But the New Testament is that God's anger has been dealt with on the cross. I'm going to look at that now. My third question is this. Do you see the king lifted up? Now Isaiah in chapter 6 it said he saw the Lord high and exalted on a throne. He was looking forward to what God was going to do through the king or Jesus Christ. And I just want to share a scripture from the Old Testament that helps us to understand a little bit of this. It points forward to Jesus. It says this, Numbers 21, verse 4 to 9. And what had happened here, the people of Israel had been moaning and complaining. They'd come out of Egypt and they were on a journey to the promised land. They moaned and complained. So God sent some snakes to discipline them, right? He's punishing them because they're, they're, they're rebelling against him. And he, so he sends these snakes and what happens is they start to say to Moses, Moses, pray that God will take the snakes away. And, and Moses speaks to God. And this is what God tells him to do. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Anyone was bitten. They looked at the snake and they were made, wow, they lived. You know, this is, a, this is pointing forward to what Jesus did for us on the cross. You know, the snake is symbolic of Satan poisoning this world, sin coming into your life, my life. It's not because what you did wrong. It's, it's a thing that is passed on spiritually to you. And we, we mess up and we feel guilty. We feel like rubbish because of what has entered our lives. But God gives us the answer through Jesus. And just like Moses here, we see this pole put up. We see the snake wrapped around. 
This is symbolic of the cross, Jesus being lifted. So on the cross, Jesus is lifted and it's like the sin of the world was put upon him. The snake was wrapped around him. Yet because Jesus is holy and he's he's righteous, God's, God's anger was put upon Jesus. But Jesus, because of his holiness, consumed that sin. He destroyed it when he went down to heaven. His flesh, his his weakness, his body was destroyed and he died. But his spirit was pure and holy and he came back to life, destroying sin on the cross. Now, my question for you is, as I said, do you see the king lifted up? Do you see that Jesus is the son of God and he's the king? Because if you do, you'll know that God is king and he's in full control. Do you see him crucified? Do you see him resurrected? And do you see him ascended? And do you see him in the future coming back to restore all things as the king of kings? You know, I don't know where you lie on that this morning, but it's probably the best thing you can ask yourself. Do you believe that Jesus died for you? And if you do, you can put your faith in Jesus. And just like they did in the Old Testament, they looked at the pole and the poison was dealt with and they were made well. You can put your faith in Jesus where he did on the cross. He can deal with your sin and you can be made right with God. God's presence can come in your life and you can know the forgiveness of God, the love of God and the joy of his presence when you're made right with God. And it's that simple. Look at Jesus, believe in Jesus and receive from Jesus. Many others struggle with the receiving because we think we need to earn it. No, you humble yourself and recognise you need a saviour and ask Jesus to help you daily. You know, I want to encourage you to believe in Jesus. Not just fix your eyes on him at the cross and what he did for salvation. Believe in him daily in the power of the resurrection that Jesus is helping you to overcome. You know, there's a word in um, in the Old Testament for fear. And it's called Yehah. Yehah. It's a Hebrew word. And, it, you know, with Hebrew words, they are, you know, I've been looking at them recently. And what you find with a Hebrew word, it's like a picture. It's like a metaphor. And there's so much meaning with it. And that's why when we have interpretations of the Bible, you can have different ones because the English language picks out, you know, different words that encompass all of that. And that's why we can have different interpretations. It's good to look at different interpretations, get a deeper meaning. But this word yihar means this. It it can mean fear or to be scared, but it also has another meaning. And it means to respect or honour or to reverence or to be in awe of. And it's kind of a word that's used in the Old Testament, but it's also a word in the New Testament. And it says, you know, that the disciples, when they, you know, encountered Jesus and the Holy Spirit was given to them, God's holiness then began to work in their lives and they began to walk in the fear of the Lord. Not that they were scared of him. Oh, my word. It's not the mountain of Sinai. They respected him and stood in awe or of who he was what Jesus did on the cross he died for my there was an 
all that was in each, there was a yeehaw in each one of them that they wanted to serve the Lord. They wanted to follow Jesus. They wanted to obey him because of the fear of the Lord. The presence of God made them holy and righteous and they no longer wanted to walk in sin. Not to earn or deserve God's love. They'd already received God's love, which which caused a fire and a passion in their hearts to walk in the holiness of God. I want to encourage you to live a holy life. Do you see the Lord exalted and lifted up? Do you see yeehaw, the presence of God and the fear of God working more and more in your life? Not because being fearful of God, but because of receiving the love of God and the passion of God in your life. I'm going to finish with Isaiah 6 verse 1 again. It says this, in the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. You know, when we accept Jesus and we seek after him, he fills our lives. He fills our lives with his love. He fills our lives with his truth. He fills our lives with his goodness and his mercy. Just like it says, the train filled his robe. It speaks of majesty. You know, um, I think it was Princess Diana a few years back, 1980s, when she married Prince Charles. The, 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 the train of a wedding dress, I mean, it was huge. If you've not seen it, Google it and you see. It's one of the biggest trains I've ever seen. And um, it came all the way down the steps. And it was like, wow, that is amazing. God's train, God's fills. The, it goes beyond anything and it can come into your life and fill. Fill your life with his presence and his joy in knowing Jesus. May God continue to refresh you, strengthen you, encourage you. May his robe fill this temple and may we stand in awe of what God has done, he is doing and what he is still to do because he's on the throne. Three questions again. Do you see the bigger picture? God's in control. Which mountain do you see? Fix it on what Jesus has done for you and receive the love of God. Do you see the king lifted up? Fix your eyes on Jesus. May God encourage you and bless you in this season. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for everyone who's listening this morning. God, we declare that you are on the throne. And I pray for people right now, no matter what season they're in, God, I pray that by your spirit that you continue to give them peace. You continue to give them your joy in spite of their difficulties. You know, joy, God, is not based on circumstances. It comes from you. It is your presence available. So, Father, fill their temples, fill their hearts, fill their minds with your presence, Lord, as they continue to walk in your holiness. Father, I pray for a fire and a passion in their heart, a fire to love people like you love us. You are a consuming fire, God. You consume our sin with an, with a, with an unbelievable love. And, Father, I pray that that love would be poured out into people's hearts lord where there's condemnation people feeling not good enough i pray that your truth and your spirit would would wash into those areas of their lives and lord they would be cleansed through your grace and your mercy in the name of jesus father i thank you if people are listening this morning they don't know you god i pray as they fix their eyes on you for the first time they believe in their hearts and they speak it out and say that I choose to believe in Jesus today. I pray that, Lord, you would speak to them and fill their hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.